Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready to talk all about all the earnings that are out there? There's a lot going on. We're going to talk some Netflix. We'll get into United. We'll talk a little bit even about some news on Tesla, Alviance Health, Avid Labs, Morgan Stanley, Western Alliance, regional banks moving right now. We'll take a look at Intuit Surgical, CDW, giving some announcement there, definitely taking a hit there. You guys will see some of the tech pulling back. We'll take a look, of course, at our guest today. We got Frank Holmes. We'll take a look at Hive. We'll take a look at Gold. We'll take a look at, of course, uh, some ETFs underneath. And who knows, is the airline industry just starting to get going? We'll find out, of course, from Frank Holmes coming up. You guys are right here. Pre-market prep. It's time to rise and shine. And let's get it started, traders. Looks like I had the wrong one. There we go. Let's go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, let's get into the market. Let's take a look at what's going on right now. Let me get my multi-charts here. Let's bring it up. Let's take a look. Of course, you see the SPY kind of trickling down here. We did get some earnings that could be affecting. Uh, we got oil overall starting to decline now underneath that 80 spot. So I'm going to be watching today to see if WTI can get back above that 80 spot and for USO, let's say, uh, getting back here towards that 70 area on the day would be something that I'll be looking at. And of course, uh, gold, uh, GLD, you guys can see gold pulling back a little bit here. Of course, we've been thinking about what would happen to this trade. Will we see some pullbacks? GOLD also pulling back here. Um, we'll see what happens with these gold if we start seeing a turn in that gold trade. And it was a pretty heavy turn yesterday. So going to keep an eye out to see if this starts to break. Let's get to the overall market. What did you see, my friend, Dennis? Um, lots of interesting action last night, completely changing this morning. So what I was seeing up by the dip mentality, which we'll get to Netflix in a second. But what was really driving last night the majority of trades was Western Alliance, WAL. And I think I want to actually start there. Everybody's going to be talking about Netflix here this morning and Morgan Stanley. But let's talk and start with WAL, Western Alliance, because the regional banks have been holding this market back to a certain extent. I know we've had a pretty good rally, but there obviously, you know, there's been tech that has really driven the bus. And we know the KRE and the regional banks have not participated in the rally whatsoever. But last night, we get WAL reporting earnings, and they were pretty good. And this is one of the beat-up regional banks. With $75 when the crisis started, $32 last night. We're getting a seven-point pop here, Money Mitch, on this. And I just wonder if this doesn't help to you know, maybe kickstart a little bit of love in the KRE. If we look this morning, the KRE is trading slightly higher, which the market is weighing on it because KRE was up more last night. But if we see follow-through from what was happening last night, Maybe the KRE, this little dip here, is a buying opportunity. WAL, give us those earnings, Mitch. Let's do it. Q1 EPS, $2.30 beat the $2.04 estimate. Sales of $551.9 million missed the $666.44 million estimate. Wedbush did, though, step in here, upgrading Western Alliance to a buy. Also, Bank of America stepping up and putting a buy on Western Alliance. So, two. Uh, kind of our major ratings kind of definitely stepping up to buys here. And it's definitely gotten moving here. Now, of course, WAL is kind of already up there towards the 40. But will you be using this a little bit as an indicator to maybe look for other regionals to start getting going, Dennis? That's what I was doing last night. And that's what I was doing um, with my trading last night, which was pretty good. I was buying some of those regionals. I, was, I actually was tweeting out about it as well that I thought some of the regionals could get a lift here. And they were. KRE was up 1.5% last night. It's only up 0.77 now. Again, the overall market weighing on it. 
But if WAL can hold up, it's going to be my indicator here. I know there's other regionals that reported here this morning, and they aren't as great. CFG Citizens is reported here this morning. We had ALLY, uh, which is down as well, which reported. Um, and obviously, it does a lot of auto lending there. But overall, when you get one of the big guns that has really been beat up, and you see a 20% move yeah. up, you think it's going to lift it. And if you look, FRC First Republic is up 2.5% here this morning. Sneaky little rally over here where you look at everything across the board looks red. The only thing that looks like it might have a little bit of life is those regional banks here. So I think that's a good This one's doing here. pretty well. Um, that also reported, There's another one, yeah. Yeah, Metropolitan Bank here, Holdings. This one's a smaller one also, but getting a nice little lift here. So you guys can keep an eye out on this one. This one had a beat and also a miss on sales, but you can see it already starting to climb up here in the pre-market, getting a little bit of a move. Yeah. And then um, there's also USB that serves kind of regional banks in uh, the Western US. And you can see this is also getting a little bit of a lift here. This also reported a uh, beat and a beat um, and also sees Q2 revenues of 7.1 billion to 7.3 billion. So at least some of these are kind of coming in in line and not really kind of giving the, the bad news, right? That's the important exactly. part. No bad no news. No disasters here. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more like the no disasters, which is why these stocks are rallying. So I've been concerned about the markets here for a while because of the regional banks. But this gives a little bit of life, um, you know, and it puts another hole in the bearish thesis overall. I know we're getting a big sell off here this morning. and Everybody's like, oh, what's going on? It's a tech wreck. It's technology that has been overbought for a while. Yeah. We know we've just had some significant runs in some of these tech stocks and it's a cool off period. Netflix, probably a bit of the catalyst, which we're going to go to in a second, but Netflix mm -hmm. actually bounced off the lows nicely from last night, but that's really why we're down. But just taking it back to the regionals, not saying I'm buying WAL, but saying I might, you know, be looking at potentially nibbling or trading into some of those regionals that are sitting near the lows. And I think it's not surprising that FRC is up 36 cents here. I mean, here's the stocks down from 120 bucks. It's sitting right near the lows here. WAL gets a little bit of life. Is it going back to 20 today? No. But could it go back to 14 today? I think it's possible. Again, if the market just continues to leak here, then, you know, obviously that changes things here. But yeah, of course. China, which is down here this morning, that's not helping. Overseas markets are not helping here this morning. Kind of an everything sell-off except the regional banks. So we're starting with, with just showing you that it's not all ugly out there. But let's yeah. go to the ugliness because the ugliness is everywhere else, Money Mitch here. Um, Morgan Stanley just had up there. We might as well do it. Because yeah, that's what I was thinking. So we could wrap up the bank talk. Let's yeah, bring I think in so too. Morgan Stanley too. Q1 EPS here um, just came in. Well, dollar and seventy beat a dollar sixty-two estimate. Sales of fourteen point five billion beat the thirteen point nine two billion estimate. Q1 institutional security net revenue at six point eight billion down from seven point seven billion year over year. Investment banking revenues down 24%, equity net revenues down 14%, and fixed income net revenues down 12%. They did declare a 77 cent dividend, but looks like that's not going to help them here. Uh, I don't, I don't know why this pop happened right off the right off the number there. Too so excited. yeah, that algo right there definitely got the flush on it. It's right back down. To 87 and i was looking to see if you know we, we talked about it yesterday did goldman lower the bar enough for morgan to kind of come in yeah and kind of just come in line but it looks like them beating on eps beating on sales it was the other numbers that i think really hit it when you're seeing you know the year over year numbers and the comparables down pretty significant i think it spooks some provision for credit losses going up here um obviously our national security like just looking through you've read through all this numbers but you know when you really lift up i think the initial headline because the algos trade the initial headline sees a beat beat and they're like boom buy it and then you lift on <laughs> you lift and look under the hood and you're like it's a lot of crap in here you yeah. know it's not not looking near a fixed income net revenue down 12 percent equity net revenue so the trading side you know not looking great here either Morgan Stanley wealth management revenue was up. So that was one uh, positive there. But the credit losses is not great either. You know, increasing provision for credit losses. That spooks the market too. So lots of reasons for the market to get spooked here. And let's, you know, Morgan Stanley actually ended up turning around and going positive yesterday and going up, which was kind of ridiculous considering Goldman was down and they did buy the dip in Goldman. But should they have bought Morgan Stanley all the way to green? Well, I think the market's telling you that they shouldn't have been doing that yesterday. So 
banks are you know are getting hit the majors getting hit here a little bit the regionals are holding up here a little bit that's the tale of the banks now obviously the real tale here from last night was the netflix report which they hammered it on these numbers here mitch break it down for us and then we're going to talk tacticals yeah i'll put it big here on the 15 minutes so we can see that price action right that really came down and came back but let's talk a little bit about the report first Netflix Q1 EPS $2.88 beats the $2.86 estimate. Sales of $8.16 billion missed the $8.18 billion estimate. Q1 global streaming paid memberships were at $232.5 million, up 4.9% year over year. They do see Q2 EPS at $2.84 versus a $3.05 estimate. Revenues at $8.242 billion versus an $8.48 billion estimate. So guidance coming in a little bit light there, especially on the EPS side. So that's why we could have seen that first downside reaction. Yeah. Now, of course, mentioned in the report, there were things about the delayed of the password sharing crackdown, which was originally planned for this quarter. Looks yeah. like they're pushing it back a quarter for the U.S. It looks like, of course, international it's rolled out. Yeah. And there were some comments here that I thought were interesting. Some we comments, can't do password sharing in Canada. So it, it's been done for a while there. So it's yeah, like, Canada is one, yeah. one, one of the countries that it's definitely working. So one of the comments that I thought were interesting in the report was that subscribers initially balked and canceled, then slowly returned and signed up for their own accounts. But yet during the call, one of their executives said that engagement on our ad tier is above our initial expectations. And as expected, we're seeing very little switching from our standard and premium plans. This is where it gets a little bit confusing because in the report, it said that that's what was happening, right? That they were canceling and coming back. But during the call, they said that they're not seeing too much switching going on. So just kind of calling a little bit of a mixed signal there. But of course, what is the password sharing? Of course, what they're doing is they're making you set a primary location for your account and establishing up to two sub accounts that if they don't live in your home base, they can add, but for a smaller fee, of course. Yeah. Um, they are expected to spend $17 billion in 2024 on content. And with that one being mentioned, I think they'll still be king in content. I do think that this is going to get them more subscribers in the long run. I do think like there's a lot of people who had three, four, you know, they, oh, I subscribe and I give it to three, four of my buddies and then you guys don't have to subscribe and we can all split the bill five bucks each or whatever it is. I do think it's cheap enough that people will just say, okay, well, screw it. I'm just going to go get my, my other Netflix account. So I think they do get more subscribers. So I think this works in the long run. And that's why yesterday I was saying I'm bullish for Netflix for that reason. The valuation keeps me out of it. Last night, man, I thought about buying this dip. It was going straight down. And if you did, you're obviously very happy that you did it. They, on that first initial bar, just hammered it. I was going to buy it around 300 and then it cut through 300 and was going down in the 290s, like lower 290s. And I'm like, holy. I'm like, they are just rocking this. And then it comes all the way back, Mitch, and goes green. I mean, <laughs> Just wild action Wicked. in Netflix last Wicked. night. It is in the red here now, which the yeah. quarter wasn't great. So I think it probably should be down. I think it was definitely an overreaction for it to be down 40 points last night, look which it hit. Move. I think the lows were around 292. So yeah, they just got that. They just went crazy last night. And a buy the dip mentality market, that was a really good opportunity to get into it. Um, Obviously, it had to be quick. You had to have your orders out there. Like I said, I thought about the 300. And I was like, am I going to buy the dip here at 300 when it's going straight down? I'm like, I don't know. And then it cut through it. And then it just started climbing and climbing and climbing the wall of worry. And it never stopped climbing. Yeah, I mean, the whole dollar spot there, uh, I can't blame you for looking at it. But yeah, you did do that kind of little undercut towards 292.06. So, I mean, you would have that given yourself maybe like 10 points wide there for you to be able to get in on that Netflix move. Uh, but definitely wicked move right back up. Wicked. Now the only question is, will it hold today, right? I mean, or will it just come right back down into that 320 area? Um, and I think that I think this is just going to be more about the matter of the overall market because right now we are still seeing like kind of a little bit of a leakage here. 
and we saw a little bit of a turnaround yesterday. It wasn't the strongest day, right? We came in really strong in the pre-market, pre-market, and boom, we hit the open. We came right back down. Do you think Netflix can hold the, the rebound? Um, I think it's going to hold up. I, I think the lows are in. I think it yeah. bounced at the logical spot, too. I don't think you're going to see the low 300s here again. I think you could see 320. I, I don't think the quarter was great. So I think it, it, it makes sense that it's down a little bit. When it went green last night, that just got stupid. Um, yeah. Now, could it do it again? This market does a lot of funny things. Is it going to be a buy the dip mentality out here today? Probably. It's hard to shake. So, I mean, you got everything selling off here. I'm sure there's some money managers with a lot of cash kind of licking their chops where I'm going to go shopping here. And, you know, maybe this takes us to the Tesla news, too. I don't know if you want to be buying Tesla ahead of the quarter. It does report here tonight. <laughs> but there is news. They're cutting prices here again. Yeah. I mean, it's never a good thing, Mitch, when you've got, you know, a company cutting prices, you know, multiple times here now. It's not a good thing. Yeah, definitely not a good thing. Let's talk about Tesla here. It's uh, one of our news that isn't in earnings, but, of course, reports earnings tonight. So keep watch, right? It's cutting prices for its Model Y and Model 3 vehicles in the U.S. This is the sixth time that it's lowered U.S. prices this year. We're not talking last year. We're talking this year. It's only April, team. Sixth time it's lowered it. Model Y has been lowered by 20%. Model 3 by 11%. So I think this is very important. And it also shows what? That I think Tesla is really concerned about keeping competitive advantage because of what? Because of the EV credits that are coming out that they're going to be missing out on some of these. So they're trying to get as much as they can before that starts to take over. Um, the technicals, this has been telling us something here because it hasn't participated in the recent rally too. I mean, it maybe was just overdone when January, it basically doubled in six weeks from 100 to 200. And it's been trying for the last two months to digest that move. Now we start to leak here a little bit. The earnings are so important here tonight. I mean, this is going to be, you know, let's go get the expected move because, it, you know, we don't often do it, but, you know, it's important exercise yeah. here. So all you do is you go to the options. Options aren't open, you know, until 930, but we can grab the closing prices from yesterday. So if we go, I'm going to the options chain is how I'm doing this. I'm opening up stock closed at 183. Let's just go grab 185s are close enough or stock closed at 184. 185 is close enough. So the expected moves, if I grab the closest expiration, which is Friday's expiration, April the 21st, the calls were going for $6.50. The puts were going for $7.05. Add that up, $13.60. Looks like $13.60, the expected move approximately there. So Tesla, expected move, $13 on this earnings. That would bring us down from where we are right now to like 167 on the miss. And on the beat, it would bring us up to about 193. Um, that low, 163, maybe comes into play to try to, if it's, if it's a disappointing report, maybe that's where you're looking. Again, let's get information here. But the one thing that's kept me out of Tesla in the long-term portfolio has always been valuation. When it got down to 100, remember it was trading 29 times earnings. I was like, well, this is the cheapest Tesla's ever been. Um, I was hoping it would even get cheaper. <laughs> not, not the case. So, I mean, you get Tesla down to under 30 times earnings, it's probably a buy. But a Tesla at, what is it, 55 times earnings here now with, you know, earnings a little bit of trouble because they're cutting prices, you know, it's, you know that's never a good thing. Um, I'm cautious. I'm not going to play it into the report. I'll be just market new. I'll be, um, I'll be not in it. Maybe after the report, I'll play it depending on, you know, what the report looks like. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something that I just want to jump in. I was even looking at it yesterday for potentially getting a little bit of a run uh, into the earnings, but it just didn't seem like it wanted to do it yesterday. And now with this news, this doesn't get me excited about jumping in it today no. and trying to maybe ride it up for the grind. Nah, it's not what I wanted to hear. Um, you know, if anything, maybe I wanted to hear like good deliveries or we're getting good production or maybe... Uh, another order of the semi-truck? What? It, do they even have a semi-truck? It seems like they don't talk about it, Dennis. seems like they're not really happy with that product. Well, it's a long ways out. You know, this that's, is, you know, the, the, the one problem with Musk is he, as soon as he gets an idea, he has to tell the whole world about it. He's so Over excited. Promise. 
Yeah, well, well, yeah, a hundred percent overpromise. I mean, we're gonna, you know, be on Mars. We're going to Mars. We're doing this. Think about he is, and, and again, I love Elon Musk. You know, as an inventor, you know, who's done more really in the last thirty years? You know, think about what he's done. PayPal to you know to Tesla to SpaceX. This guy just does stuff. I don't know when he sleeps. Like he is a phenomenal entrepreneur. The one problem he's always had is he likes to talk a little bit too much and it does bring up expectations it does overpromise to a certain extent can he deliver we're going to find that out tonight can he deliver on the numbers here once again um you know i'm skeptical here i don't like seeing price cuts it makes me think demand is going to why cut the price if you know everybody's buying the cars you're yeah, cutting you prices don't... because well they're not selling that well it's never a good thing and that scares me Definitely not a good thing. Let's move forward. Let's get us to now some healthcare stocks uh, that are reporting today. We have Abbott Labs. Let's get into Abbott Labs here. ABT. Let's get those numbers. Q1 EPS a dollar three here beats the ninety nine cent estimate, uh, and sales at nine point seven five billion beat the nine point six four billion estimate. Abbott Labs fiscal year adjusted EPS forecast remains unchanged here, and it's getting a little bit of a lift here. Is this one that you'd be watching, Dennis? Yeah, I think you can. Again, we're in a defensive market to a certain extent just here this morning. So does that hold? Just like yesterday, we were worried about J&J because it was trading up. And I'm like, well, this isn't the kind of stock they were buying in the morning. You know, the market did turn. It did go down a little or try to give a little bit of a back yesterday. But it all depends on the day. On really big down days, you get defensive stocks, they actually hold up better. So sometimes the reports don't even matter as much. It's like, what kind of stock is this? Abbott Labs is a defensive stock. UNH is a defensive stock. Johnson & Johnson is a defensive stock. So they typically hold up better on these down days and sometimes actually can go up on the down days. Um, So let's just bring it back to Abbott Labs. You you can do the technicals if you want on it. I mean... This is still just a defensive stock. It's you know it doesn't have huge moves. I mean, if we look at the expected moves, I won't bother. And Abbott Labs is probably a couple of bucks. I mean, there's just not big moves off these. Yeah, I I would be looking that you, you do have some a little bit of room here to kind of push a little bit higher, and I'd be looking for anything like kind of a little pullback into the hourly range. Um, you can see from yesterday, you could have this kind of resistance become support around the 105.50 area can see we already kind of pushed off of that level so i'll be watching for maybe pullbacks below 106 right now but this looks strong right now for me on abbott labs and you're right on a day like today especially if we're going to see tech continue to kind of leak a little bit well we could be switching a little bit more to that defensive side and i've also started seeing kind of even like uh stocks like pg started to get a little bit of some life hasn't really broken down from there we'll see how some of the value names react today but i have another health stock that i wanted to talk to also yeah, let's go to elvian's health here as they reported let's keep it moving here you guys out there smash the like if you guys are enjoying us flowing through the show today and getting through all these earnings let's let's flow all right, Elvian's Health here, Q1 adjusted EPS, $9.46, beat the $9.26 estimate. Sales of $42.17 billion beat the $40.83 billion estimate. Elvian's boosted its 2023 guidance despite Medicaid uh, headwinds that they expect. And you guys are seeing this take a little bit of a pullback after a recent rally. Of course, uh, UNH kind of helped it get that rally up there towards the 500. I was looking for a pullback in this one. So now I'm going to be watching to see if we can get back above, especially back into kind of the 480 area, back towards the 500. Right now, I think you're kind of pulling back a little bit too much this morning. So I'm going to be saying on the sidelines for right now, look to see if we start getting a little bit of recovery back through that 480s. What do you think about Elvian's health and maybe healthcare plans overall, Dennis? Um, again, lower, lower beta name. You get down, you pull a 10 or 11 point pullback on something like this is probably a stock they're looking at. Um, just, you know, not even looking at the numbers, not looking at any of that. It's just a, a stock that pulls back 470, 460. Money managers just want to own this stuff. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to be one that's going to lose 25, 30 bucks here today. I do think that's inclined for, uh, people could be inclined to buy the dip here. Obviously, it depends on what the overall market does as well. But this is the kind of stock that the dip buyers could come into. 
Lots of support here from the kind of January 9th period towards uh, January 24th, all around the same area, that 470, 469, 471 area. Mm. We're really close off of that. So we'll look to see if that holds as support today on the 15 minute. You can see how we went right towards 470 and held it to the kiss right now at that 8.15, 15 minute bar. We'll see what happens here in ELV. And just to kind of mention another one that has already reported, um, has pulled back since the report, UNH. This is one that I'm actually gonna be looking at today to see if they come in and buy the dip, right? A couple of days of pullback, back towards 500. Caught that yesterday. Let's see if this can get back up there to the 520s. I'll keep UNH on watch today. Healthcare plans overall, of course. We'll see how the Medicaid uh, advantage, kind of the, the turn that's happened in Medicaid affects these stocks. All right, let's get out of Elvian's health. We can keep the stocks moving. I'm going to take us now to United Airlines, of course. Let's talk a little bit about some airline action. Let's get to this stock, of course. Um, yesterday, we did get, of course, the scare. Before I get, even get to the UAL numbers, we did get the uh, love scare, the Southwest Airlines uh, systems failing again. And that really took a quick decline there in Southwest Airlines. And I was trying to trade, I was trying to trade uh, UAL yesterday, Dennis. I was trying to do these like kind of runs into earnings. Yeah. I was able to get Netflix pop right out the gates and I sold it into that kind of uh, the 370 spot that was like kind of like right above. But UAL kind of washed out on me when that uh, love news came in. And man, they bought that dip real quick on UAL and then brought it right back up here towards the close. Nice little run into the earnings. Now turning around with these earnings. Let's talk about that. What number. is incredible here is there's something going on with investors, you know, obviously really being worried about a recession because the UAL last report was really good. Really this good. report here was really good too. I mean, yeah, okay, they didn't make money, but they're talking about making ten to twelve dollars. I don't year. understand it. Yeah. They're right? talking about making ten to twelve bucks. Against an 873 estimate, I mean, what they're talking, obviously investors don't believe it at all. Because if they were going to make 10 to $12, the thing's trading with a PE of four right now. And I mean, the, the earnings, like, they, they, like they're upping the guidance. And so the quarter wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. But now they're upping the guidance and the stock just does not get any love whatsoever. So one of two things is this company is just way wrong in their forecasting or this market is way wrong in not believing them. But this market is saying BS. That's what yeah. the market is saying to the guys because it would not be trading down 54 cents if they really were going to make 10 to $12 this year. The earnings are cyclical. So again, if we go into recession, those earnings will drop very, very rapidly. So the market is basically saying, no, we're going into a recession. UAL ain't going to hit those numbers. You think we're not going into recession? If you think that, UAL might be the best buy that's out there. If you think that, I've not bought it because I'm still kind of in the recession camp. Although I've added risk, I'm still being cautious with it. But if you think, if you believe in the soft landing, if you believe that the recession isn't coming, you got to be buying UAL. If you believe that, that's an if. And then people will take this and they're going to extract and just say, oh, Dennis said buy UAL. I not say that. I'm saying if you are the rah-rah bull, this has got to be one of the best buys out there. If you think the, re the recession is not coming, i got to think UAL is a buy here. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is the second time, right, that they're giving this kind of outlook forward for their fiscal 23, right, second quarter. On their first time that they released this, they got a pop. They, they got this pop right here. It was right here. I can still remember right on the chart, right? That's that gap up that you see here. But as we can clearly see, what happened was UAL gave that outlook. It kept going. And then what did they do? They turned it around when it was up here and then gave a kind of a hit down to their first quarter outlook. This was due to the kind of like the pilot situation that they were going through. But I agree with you, Dennis, that they just don't believe it. Because they don't believe it. That's, that's just exactly what it is. Because if not, I mean, that EPS outlook looks amazing. amazing. And this is how you can sometimes get a little bit kind of 
fooled by uh, just looking at this. And I think that we have to also compare what's happening in the price action. Price action doesn't look great in these airlines. It looks terrible, the price action. Yeah. There's two different things happening. It's fundamentals versus technicals. The technicals don't look good. And they are telling you that we don't believe anything that UAL is saying. That's what the market is saying. I don't know if the market's right or wrong. UAL should know their company pretty good. You'd think they would know their company pretty good. Yeah. So, But the market says, no, we do not believe you. And that's why even last quarter, it was up at $52, $53. And I mean, they were projecting to make $873. And we're like, wow, you know, if it trades that, it's trading really cheap. Now they're projecting to make even more. The stock is even lower and the stock is going down on this news. So again, I, I don't know what the story here is, but if you believe in the soft landing, these airlines are a pie. If yeah. you believe that, I, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I are went you on in the, the but me and you aren't totally in the soft landing camp, Mitch. Like we're kind of like like I'm still. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm trading yeah. market neutral. I've added a little bit more risk. You know, I can see a path to a soft landing, which I couldn't see before. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like people are asking me, do you think we're going to recession? I've thought that the whole time. It's yeah. never come. I'm starting, so I'm starting to, to doubt my thoughts. Yeah, it's leaking. It's leaking. The 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 so bearish thought on that outlook, the you know, the recession is coming. It's leaking. It's leaking away and it's slowly going away because yeah, the truth sure. is is that the the consumer has stayed strong. I went to an outlet mall this weekend just recently. That thing was popping. I know. People There are was spending. people buying and buying They're and buying. buying. I saw the guy in front of me spend $785 at Nike Outlet. Do you think he's worried about a recession if he's spending almost $1,000? Nah, man. I, I don't think I see it out there. And I know that it's crazy to think so. But I feel like the consumer is going to get through this inflation. How? I don't know. I really don't know. Because the truth is, is that it's really expensive. But UAL also gave some insight on strong international demand, right? They said that they see strong international demand coming back. That's an area that we haven't really seen strong demand come back, right? There's one thing, you know, U.S. travels, you know, uh, people like kind of going on vacation, but we haven't really seen too much of that international travel come back since the pandemic. And that could also give UAL a lift. So I went on a limb and I took AAL yesterday. Um, so oh, I have I, I have a piece of AAL. I have it at 1309. I said, you know what? I'm gonna start taking a piece because I feel the bottoming action is here on AAL. And overall, if we don't go into recession, I get to get it at a time where I'm like almost back in 2020 prices. I know. I so know. if I could get it Part at 2020 of me wants to buy prices, some of these airlines too. I could be totally I'll talking to buying an airline stock here today. I could be totally talked into it. I don't own any airlines. I hate owning airlines. But the value, and I'm a value guy, is there if you think we're not going to recession. I wish I was like rah-rah and people are saying, oh, you were bull yesterday. I've never been bullish in a long time. I've kind of went from bearish to neutral because I said you can't stay wrong the whole time. But if I was bull, so I'm still like 55% cash. I was looking yesterday. If I was a bull, I would be 10% cash in my long-term portfolio. That's where I would be because that's where you should sit if you're, you know, rah, rah, we're into a bowl. I don't know. I'm in the I don't know camp. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought I knew before when I thought recession was imminently coming, you know, and now I'm like, I don't know. But so I'm redeploying some of the capital in case I'm wrong on the recession. That's all it is, is in case I'm wrong. Like I said, you can you can't stay wrong. So I've got to deploy some capital because what if I am wrong? I don't want to be rebuying these stocks at all-time highs. I sold all these stocks when S&P was 450, 460, a lot of them. So, I mean, I'm scalping back in. Like I said, I sold my Disney up. I'm scalping back in a minimum of 10 points. So I've scalped. So it's been a good call. I'm back in my trade. So the question is, I don't know. I I don't think anybody really knows. Like, I wish we had a crystal ball that would just say soft landing, no soft landing, recession, depression expansion nobody knows it's a, this is the whole thing nobody knows now there's but one I thing can't sit with all cash and then potentially miss here either so i'm not bullish i'm not bearish anymore either though i'm just neutral so i'm moving 
a little bit more from the bearish bearish stance to the neutral stance, but I'm way cautious. 55% cash is ridiculously cautious. I would be a complete idiot if I was bullish and sitting with 55% cash. I would, this is stupidity. I'm neutral. I don't know. So I'm still sitting with quite a bit of cash coming paid in the cash. And I don't know. So I, again, I look at these airlines and I think, what is the market trying to tell us? The market might be right here. Maybe we yeah. are going to recession. The market is saying recession for UAL. There's no doubt it's saying that because if they make ten to twelve dollars next year, then this is the big, best buy and, the, and this is the best buy of them all. I don't think it's going to hit it either. Yeah. I think the market's probably right. I don't think they're going to make twelve bucks next year. I, probably I have a question for you, it. Dennis. Here, do you feel that we're in the later innings? Because I started, I'm feeling like that. And that's why I don't feel that the recession is really coming because it, I really feel like we're getting. It already, shouldn't it? Yeah, we're, it's like the bottom of the eighth and you're expecting something to happen in the ninth, right? I mean, let, let's just be honest. Probability is probably that we're closer towards the end than the beginning, right? And so I think that that's what you're starting to see also. So I want to see what happens in the next really month or two to see if we get a sense of confidence coming from airlines, from travel, coming from, let's say, even department stores, right? I started seeing Walmart get a little bit of a lift yesterday. I'm going to continue to watch stocks like that to see if they continue to get the lift, right? Because, I mean, that looks like it wants to continue going higher. And then I'll look at department stores like Macy's and KSS. Well, they're at the lows. Those are at the lows. Those are telling us recession too. Those are telling us recession. I think we just need to keep our eyes open. There's going to there's be a mixed lot of signals. Yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of mixed, mixed signals mixed here. Signals all over the place here. It's why it's hard to get a really good feel. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. we've had a really good run in the markets for the last, you know, six to eight weeks since January. A lot of the tech has really come back. But, you know, is this a bull market in the, in, in the bigger bear market? That's to be determined here in the U.S. equities. We, we've said, you know, and J.C. Perret's fantastic to point out, Europe is doing very well. European markets have been outperforming. There are some world markets that are doing pretty dang good right now. U.S. markets have been sideways here for the last, you know, we, we, we've already discussed this. And SPY, you bring it up. We're in the same spot we were a year ago. We're in the same spot we were 18 months ago. We're just sideways. So you can still make the call. The train hasn't left the station. If you think, you know, we're, we're not going to recession and all-time highs are coming, you're buying stocks here today. If you think the recession is coming, you're selling stocks here today. I don't. I, I thought the recession was coming, and I've been raising cash. I'm. I'm not convinced that I'm correct anymore, and that's why I'm being cautious and redeploying a little bit of capital, a little bit of capital, not a lot, but you know, just nibbling. Like I said, I bought some Disney back, which is definitely not a recession-proof stock. Going to recession, Disney's going to suck. Thinking about buying some UAL today, thinking about it, but then the price action, just like, what the hell? The price action is telling me that stay away, stay away. But you bought AAL, which is the same as buying UAL pretty much. I mean, they're all going to move together to a certain extent. What made you strike yesterday? Are you full on like thinking recession isn't coming and I'm in there now? I'll tell you what, Dennis. I got the perfect guy to talk to about airlines. And maybe we have another way of going about it than UAL or AAL, right? Let's go ahead. Let's bring on our guest today. We got Frank Holmes, of course. Let's bring him on. Oh, excellent. All right. How we doing? It's good to have Frank Holmes. You guys are talking all about jets and airlines. Yes. You're dying to get in here on this conversation, Frank, too. I know. And Mitch is so good at bringing in the, you know, the perfect guest for this conversation here because I Definitely. want to buy airlines into today. Frank, talk me into buying airlines. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, just flew back from Europe and the flights were packed going over. There's nonstop from Austin to London. I went over to speak at an alternative uh, asset management conference and, and came back and, and I thought share with you, it was packed. Um, the, the flights are packed, the overseas are packed. Uh, and I think the big upturn is really China. Uh, there's so much negative narrative about China and geopolitics, but the airlines have, are soaring and they're, they're being packed and flying all through uh, Asia. And you're starting to see more Chinese tourism in Europe. And Frank, so I look at this UAL and we've been discussing, maybe listening the last five minutes, we've been discussing this report and their, their guidance is phenomenal if you're an investor, when you're looking at what, if they can hit these numbers, they're looking at 23 EPS of 10 to 12 bucks. I mean, 10 to 12 bucks. The stock's trading at 42. 
You know, if it hit twelve dollars, this thing's trading with a PE of three. Is yep. one is this sustainable, and two are they being too optimistic? No, no, they're not uh, too optimistic. They have pricing power. There's a shortage of pilots. The pilots used to come from the Air Force. The Air Force now has so many of these young kids that are flying drones, and they just can't, just cannot rec recruit fast enough enough pilots to all of a sudden actually have big expansion. And that means that you're going to have pricing power. So if you have demand growing modestly, you're worried about a recession, but so it's growing modestly. China is turned up. Now it's growing substantially relative to the re Europe and, and America. Uh, and you have a shortage of pilots. So they have pricing power. And pricing power is phenomenal. Uh, and we don't have the big business travel turning up yet. So where, where the business person goes out and buys uh, thousands of tickets in advance and, and, and books all these trips for the whole year, that's still not there. So that has basically become a tailwind. Definitely. That's exactly what I wanted to uh, look into, of course, because business travel is really the concern that really got, I think, the airlines down to where they were, right? I mean, everyone thought that business travel was completely gone. It would never return. We're definitely, I would say, out of the pandemic and gotten a lot more confidence. But you're saying that you're still not seeing that same level of business travel. No. And but, uh, when would you expect that coming back, Frank? Any, any outlook on that? In the second half of the year, you know, we're this this quarter we had the banks un unraveling, so we had an imbalance domestically, uh, and there's a geopolitics. And I think it'll resolve itself. Historically, uh, before I was born, uh, that in the third year of a presidential election cycle, the markets are up 13 percent. So I, I'm I just like to look on those long data points. But the other part, short term, the RSIs for uh, gold, for uh, jets for uh, Bitcoin, all these things are all in the middle. There's, and you can see that on the charts you were showing, is it gonna break out or break down? But what I share with your with the viewers is that the Jets is a leading indicator. It's not a lagging, it's not a coincident indicator, it's a leading indicator. And as long as it's stronger than the S&P or in line, that means we're gonna be okay. It's, it's the concern really was last year when we started to see the airlines underperform the S&P 500 and now it's turned year to date. It's actually looking better on a relative basis. So uh, at $18, it's easy for it to go back to 28. Uh, I think you get big, big buying. It comes in when it's around 15, 16. And, and so I, I remain sort of committed to it because I come back to they have pricing power. And that's so important even during a recession. Of course. Now, um, I don't know if you can make any comments. Of course, we've been seeing the repeated problems from Southwest Airlines on system failures, or maybe you can talk about system failures overall. Is, should this be a concern for other airlines or is it more like towards just specifically Southwest here? I, the other airlines have a different business model. It's the hub and spoke. So Detroit has is a, is a hub and you know which airlines is a hub for just like Houston is a hub. Uh, Southwest does not have a big hub. It basically goes from A to B to C, that jet, A to B, C to D, and then back. And, and mm. so their, their model has done so well until all of a sudden now they're having these technology glitches. I think they'll get through it, but they're much more geared to domestic travel than they are for the foreign travel. And the big ticket items, the big margin business is flying across the pond to Europe. And, and those flights are booked and they're very expensive. So I think also Latin America, those tickets are expensive. The inbound from Latin America, Europe is robust and strong. Now, of course, uh, it seems like the airlines have gotten around the kind of the pandemic by, you know, just raising the price per seat. And it doesn't seem like that outlook is going to go any away. I know that we all want inflation to go away, but it seems like the prices are going to remain high. Is this kind of the new landscape for the airline business, Frank? Absolutely. And I come back to what I shared earlier. There's a shortage of pilots. So therefore, they can't eat each other up. If all of a sudden they could get 10,000 new pilots, then all of a sudden, then they would have all these new routes they want to take, they want to compete. We don't have that. The other thing I want to share with you is that there is a lot of trading on jets with the inverse relationship to oil. Mm. So if oil's up, you can see American Airlines, it will take it on the chin because they're unhedged. Yeah. Versus if oil goes down, American Airlines soars. 
greater, bigger surges in, in, in American Airlines and Allegiant. Uh, so you have to realize that there's a lot of activity here in oil because oil is their biggest expense line item. And, and there's a strong inverse relationship with the airlines. So the fact that it has a DNA of volatility of 3% a day, there's lots of day traders that like to go into this space. But right now, we're right in the middle. Like RSI is around 50 to 55 for so many different asset classes looking for a rational reason to break out. And then I think, I would speculate, the breakout will take place when rates all of a sudden, uh, that we get this last rate hike expected in May. Uh, but, but I think that that will all of a sudden be the end of it. And we're seeing that in the two-year, five-year, and 10-year, they're really not participating with the idea that the Fed is going to raise the rates in May. All right, let's move over to the gold trade. We can take a look at, of course, the ETF GOAU. You guys can check this out. It had a nice, decent rally here. But it seems like a little bit of mixed signals here. Of course, gold's still going up, but the market's going up also. What, what do you think we'll give first, Frank? Uh, I, I think we're going to see a, a weaker dollar, a stronger, uh, which will be great for the gold in particular. It's also impacting when you mentioned earlier on your call uh, regarding the U.S. versus other countries in the world. It's really an inverse relationship to the U.S. dollar. Uh, in Europe, uh, the, the PMIs, which I follow as a leading indicator like JETS, Purchasing Manufacturers Index or ISM, uh, it is it is turned it's turned up in Spain and Italy. They're robust, but Germany's not, and neither is France. Uh, Asia, China is now turned up. So these are very bullish things for the global economy not to go into a big recession, and and it also lends itself that the dollar, because of this decoupling of the dollar for trade with oil between the Saudis and the Chinese, are negotiating everywhere, and that was a big conversation of the geopolitics in in London. Uh, and so that turns around and puts pressure on the dollar, which is actually great for gold. Uh, and what's really positive with the gold stocks compared to 2013, of the 100 stocks I follow, their production, 60% of these gold stocks have free cash flow. In 2013, it was less than, than 15 names. Uh, so the, the, their balance sheets are strong. Um, but they have to be careful of these mergers. Newmont's going through a merger. Their stock underperforms. We don't own it. Uh, the, the royalty companies we own, and they've been doing exceptionally better. Uh, the, the quant discipline model of GoAU with a smaller universe and how it picks the stocks is just doing better than the other relative uh, ETFs. Frank, now, we I have such mixed messages here from the market itself, and gold is one that gives me a mixed message here too. I mean, in one hand, you're seeing commodity inflation, which obviously, you know, in certain areas and, you know, the airlines going down, but then technology stocks have been rip roaring and rallying here. It seems like everything is just going in different directions here. And as a trader, you know, the mixed messages make me confused, um, you know, and, and, and the airline action is taking it back to that is kind of perplexing as well, because, you know, the airlines earnings have been pretty darn good. Um, you're saying their flights are busy, yet the stocks keep going down. So, I mean, and then gold going up makes me think that, you know, maybe you put those two things together. Maybe the market isn't is pricing in that we're not going into a soft landing. Is the market wrong here? Like, what are your thoughts? I want to just take it to this. What are your thoughts on, you know, recession in 2023? I think a recession will be mild. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I think the, the lack of, of, of synchronized growth was when China locked down for another year. And that threw off the, the, the surge of the whole world coming out of COVID uh, was because China, the largest importer of all commodities in the world, they, they import 55% of all commodities to manufacture products with. And that economy goes into a tailspin. So as the US is soaring, Europe is coming out of it. And they're all of a sudden like, it reminds me of my old days in trigonometry, cosine sine wave. They're against each other. And, and now we're seeing China's coming out. So I don't think we'll get a hard landing. I think it'll be soft. All right. Now let's take it, of course, to Hive, of course. Let's talk a little bit about Hive blockchain. You guys just provided a March 23 production update. Tell me a little bit about that, Frank. Well, the big thing is, is hold on for dear life. Oh, I like the hat switch. You see that one? And we already got had the hodl going. 
We already saw in the chat, they're asking, where do we get these cool hats that Frank has? Frank, you need to be sharing. We, yes, we want anytime. this. I'll make sure they send them off to you and uh, your gang. We have a black one and a white one. But we're getting yes. warm weather down here, so the white one's on. But I, I think the bigger part is that totally contrary in thinking is, is that all the, uh, the attack on the, uh, by regulators all around the world and concern and energy against the, the crypto industry uh, you see Bitcoin soar 60%. Uh, you see Hive soar 100 and always is two for one. But what all your listeners have to realize is that a 1% move is the daily volatility for gold, 2% for the S&P, but we're talking about 5% for Bitcoin. So if anyone goes into this space and you're talking about Hive as a miner, it's even more. So the daily volatility is much greater and people have to understand that uh, because it's just that one of the risks is volatility. But what we're seeing is that the concerns domestically, the imbalance of fiscal monetary debate uh, and, and the Silicon Bank going bankrupt and the government all of a sudden spending uh, billions of dollars again, coming back in for another QE type of discipline and turning around the M2 is created Bitcoin and gold have this big rally. And you're seeing that Bitcoin was even more suppressed, so it has the bigger bounce, and that impacts Hive and the whole crypto industry. What we're also seeing is that the Citadel Capitals of the world have a basket of about seven of the crypto names, and they trade by the minute of a Bitcoin price. So Bitcoin's up, they're up. Bitcoin's down, we're down. And it's recognizing that difference. Hive has been very focused on being green only. Uh, we have our challenges of like everyone else, and we're outside of America uh, in these other countries. But we are, we enabled last year, our average cost of electricity is only four cents. We were able to hedge it. Uh, we only use green energy, and we're slowly and consistently building our, where we're 1% of the global network. We hold Bitcoin. We upgraded and at the worst of times last year all of our computer systems so that they're much more productive. Uh, so I remain, you know, positive regarding Hive as a proxy for those people that we have a lot of investors reluctant to go to these these crypto exchanges to buy crypto. So Hive ends up becoming a proxy for that. Frank, how do you do all this? You're into you're into Bitcoin. You're into Hive. You're into the Jet CTFs. You're all you're you're into everything, man. When do you sleep? <laughs> That's a good question. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. <laughs> and I have to keep running. Um, but I, I think that there's such a relationship between the Bitcoin because it's a decentralized asset like gold. And a lot of the reasons for Bitcoin being created was related to the reasons why people hoard gold as a protection against the destruction of fiat money over time. And and that's the so there's a similarity. If you read and listen to these people that, that follow gold intimately or Bitcoin, they all read from the same old testament of government destruction of paper money over time. So it made it easy to make that transition. But what's been rewarding for me is that I've had to learn all about data centers, GPU chips, uh, electricity, uh, another dimension of geopolitics. So it made it, it's, it keeps my brain young and active. Love to hear it. Love to hear. And I would have to say, um, I would have to say that there ain't no rest for the wicked for Frank. If you don't know that song, check it out, Frank. It's a song by Cage the Elephant. There ain't no rest <laughs> for the wicked and money don't grow on trees, baby. Frank is working hard. We'll see you back. Like always, Frank, you guys can check Thanks, him out. Frank. Hive, gold, jets, everything he covers. You guys check it out. Of course, U.S. Global Investors. We'll have you back on, Frank. Take care. All right, wheels up. Wheels up, baby. All right, Frank's <laughs> getting Frank. out of here. Yeah, you got to love Frank, man. He, he always has a good time. Oh, yeah, and sure. definitely something that we need to keep an eye out for is the airlines. I think that's that's a trade that I'm definitely going to be watching. I know Dennis talked about it. We'll see what happens if Dennis gets a, a little dirty today and, and goes I for the airlines. Wanna. We'll find out. I don't want to. We'll find out, team. I've All right, never, so I haven't bought an airline the long-term account, and I don't know how long because – they, they honestly have it's underperformed for forever i feel like but yeah you know you look at the monthlies here on ual we're the same spot we were in 2016 it's the cyclicality of the business too like they are cyclical if we go into a recession don't kid yourself they ain't hitting 12 bucks this is they, my mean, idea. they ain't hitting 10 bucks to go into a recession they'll be lucky to hit at all but i mean if we don't go into recession if we don't that ual is going to be a buy and that jets etf is going to be a buy if we don't go into recession so that's a play on expansion
Yeah, two things that could happen there, right? If we avoid recession and somehow we actually get the oil prices down, right? Because oil prices have remained high for now like two years. But if we were to someday get oil back to like $50 a barrel, $40 a barrel, and these airlines are able to they're, charge they're the money. same amount, oh, yeah. oh, they're, they're going to start banking. They're going to start printing. It, so it, if, they, if oil goes back to $100 a barrel or $120 a barrel, that's where they run into trouble. Like that's Frank's, where they run into trouble. Item, so you have to think about that. You have to yep. think, do you think that oil is going back above yep. 100 yeah. I personally don't think so, but hey, you guys make your own investment decisions out there. We're going to do a little bit different of Trade Zero. T We're going to do a little bit of Trade Zero ticker time. I'll do, we'll have the oh, gappers fun. to the left. We can take a look, but I wanted to do something a little different today for you guys out there. So just drop in tickers. We'll go through it with our stocks to watch right here for Trade Zero. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, let's get into the action. You guys drop some tickers. We'll keep rolling through them. And let's get to the first one I see here, an interesting one, coin being mentioned in the chat. So let's take a look at coin overall. How do you feel about coin, Dennis? I'll kick it first um, to you. I'm just not. So as much as you know, I'm interested in buying UAL, I'm just not interested in buying Bitcoin. Again, in Coinbase, obviously a playoff of that. Mm -hmm. I, I do think that there is room if we go into this banking crisis, but I believe Bitcoin. And if we let's just go to the Bitcoin overnight pricing action here. I mean, Bitcoin is trading down here overnight, $1,000. You want to know one of the main reasons it's trading down? Because some of these regional banks are up. Yeah. It is a play. There, This recent rally that we've had from Bitcoin from 18000 to 30000 was a bet against regional banks, against a bet against, and that's what Bitcoin is. You're betting against the banks. And it was working, working really, really well up until, you know, and still maybe it's going to work. But with the life that the regional banks, WAL showing here this morning, I think you can't discount that, that that is having influence even on Bitcoin here. So if you think these regional banks eventually start to turn around, Bitcoin could start to leak here again. Now, maybe this is just a dead cap bounce in WAL, and maybe they're going to hammer it right back down, and then they'll probably buy Bitcoin back up. But you cannot argue with the inverse relationship between the regional banks and Bitcoin in the last six, six to eight weeks. And I agree. it makes sense. It makes complete common sense. So, Bitcoin down a thousand bucks. You can look for a lot of different reasons and say it's this and that. I think there's a little bit of effect here that, hey, the regional banks are holding up pretty well here today. One thing that I would say is the only reason I'm, I think coin for me is a no touch, no matter what is comments like this Coinbase CEO absolutely prepared for a long legal battle with the SEC. Doesn't we never smart. seek litigation. They have initiated it. I don't want any part of a company that's battling with the SEC. So in my case, this is a no touch, but always you guys choose your own investment decisions. Like, like maybe you go and I've invested with Hive before. I love Frank Holmes. We know Frank Holmes. You know, mm -hmm. I, he's awesome. Again, Hive has been just beat up because Bitcoin has been beat up. But if you yeah. think Bitcoin's going to 60,000, 100,000, 200,000, Hive's probably a buy if you think that. I don't know what I think about Bitcoin. I'm not in Hive anymore. I was in it for a while. I was in Bitcoin for a while. It was really fun in 2020, 2021 you know, when the markets were all going and everything was going. But that, you know, time has, you know, come and gone. Now, Hive is starting to show some life here too. But if you want to invest, I'd rather be in a Hive than a coin, I think, for real. All just, right, let's just keep... Just my thoughts. I'm not in either, though. No worries. We're going to keep it flowing here, team. We'll go to Pep, of course. Uh, we're talking a little Pepsi Co. That's been on a nice run right back up towards the highs here. Defense, uh, 186. Defense. defense, defense indeed. But it's already ran pretty significant here. A lot. Um, so that's one thing that I would point out. Uh, Coke, the same thing, right? You guys have probably seen it. I've been talking about how Pepsi is kind of leading Coke, but yet, I mean, it's same thing, right? You guys see the same kind of charts there. We'll see what happens to these value names if they start to pull back. Let's go. Let's keep it flowing. There's some more to talk about. Let's go Mickey D here defense uh, defense. defense you're in the whole defense defense look you see the chat they're looking at defense today uh mcdonald's let's see the 15 minute right now it's made a new high i and i, I was taking that from cnbc stealing their content here i think they said like a lot 10 nine or 10 days in a row it's made a new high i don't know mm -hmm. i didn't verify that information but you can see the chart just the slow steady climb up but wow 
you got to respect the Mickey D's. I mean, unbelievable that the stock just continues to go higher. But you know what? It works in a recession. It works in an expansion. It's just the kind of company that seems to always work. I don't know who goes there anymore, but we won't talk about if that. If you have Let's kids, Mitch, you go there. So it's why because you don't have kid, kids is why you don't go to Mickey D's. You go to Mickey yeah, D's. They I, I see mean, the golden arches and they're screaming for it. They have the play centers. The fries, the fries, the fries, baby. The happy meals. <laughs> you can't. And once you have young kids, I never went to McDonald's for years. And then you get young kids and you find yourself there every other week because, oh, you drive by it and then you have, you know, I want an ice cream cone, I want this. And you know what? It's cheap entertainment for them. <laughs> you go anywhere and, you know, you can spend money very quickly on your kids. You go to McDonald's, you give them a $6 Happy Meal, and they're all happy and smiles. So and McDonald's works because of that. All right, let's go to one that we've talked about, Dennis, getting dirty in it. I took a swing trade, already made uh, over 4% on this name this week. Let's talk about Shop. As that nice continued trade, a little bit higher, I already sold it. I had to sell it on that big bar up. I was just I, like, "Yeah, man, I'll take this. I'll take this five percent all day, four or five percent. I mean, you can't go wrong in this market." Well, Mitch, we're in that market. We're in that market where you take the gains, and the market takes them for you. And Palantir, you know, I was up in this thing, and look, and now it's right back down. You got to take. I was up six, seven percent in this Palantir position. Now it's all the way back down. I mean, it's a case against long-term investing right now. It's like, it seems to be like your stocks go up and they do really well. And then boom, you know, they come back down. And, that, and that's a testament to the sideways market. It's why my trading account is massively outperforming my investing account. Because, and you know, and I had Palantir on for trades multiple times too. And those went well. But, you know, obviously the, the investing part, and I have it on for a trade here even today. But, and that has, those have gone pretty well. But I've had the core investing position in the long-term account here that I stuck it in there, thinking that eventually they might get some AI love. And that hasn't materialized here yet, but it was running up. So it was up, I was up almost 50 cents in this trade on $8 stock, and now it gives it all back. So, I mean, that's this market. Take the gains yeah. while you got them. Yeah, it's the channel, right? So I come back to the top of the channel. I got it off the bottom of the channel, but I didn't want it to give it the chance to come right back to that channel. And so I sold it into the move. We'll see if Shopify retraces towards that channel. That's kind of like a move back towards 4626. Another stock that I'm watching with Shop is can Amazon really get going? It's gotten back above 100 this week. 100 seems like a battle right now. And that's what I'm watching with Amazon. Are we going back to 114 or are we coming back here towards the 90s? I'm going to keep a close eye on Amazon overall to see what happens in specialty retail. And Shop is one that I watch with that one. I also watch Melly, but Melly's actually been stronger as of late. We'll see what happens on that one, but that's an expensive stock there. Let's get to one last one here. Uh, I thought this was an interesting one mentioned here since we're talking about recession. We're talking about going for airlines. But what about the cruise line that I'm about to go on on Sunday, baby? I'll be on the cruise out wow. there on Royal Caribbean, of course. Wow. So uh, you I'm guys. so jealous. Where is it going, Mitch? Tell oh, us where I'm, you're going, going. I'm going to Honduras. I'm going to Mexico. Seven Holy. days. Seven days on the Allure Living of the, the Sea. Um, let's just say there's going to be a lot of pina colada, some good bourbon, and a lot of uh, – some pool and jacuzzi time, but uh, I need this it. This is straight out it. of the Joel Conan playbook, the relax. And he, Joel likes to take those vacations, and that's what I don't <laughs> do. I haven't been on a vacation to somewhere like a like a long term. Like I drove. You need a cruise though, Dennis, because you need to get need to limited something. from the market. Though I need a vacation, and I'm going to be on a vacation for the next two days. But it's not going to be a fun <laughs> vacation here. I'm not going to be with you guys tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm getting in my, in my angiogram. I've been waiting for an angiogram for a long time. I've had a birth defect in my heart for a long time and I've been on the wait list here in Canada for a while. So tomorrow morning I'm going to be, have a vacation at the hospital while I get an, an, another how, angiogram. How exciting. I had one of these 13 years ago. So it's not fun. This is my vacation. I get to go and, you know, get probed with wires up my arms and stuff. <laughs> Don't worry, Dennis. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out the I Benzinga a, Cruise. After all this. I've been talking about it. We need the Benzinga Cruise, right? So where we go on the cruise, we take some traders. We teach them a little bit of some trading action. You guys get to see Joel Alconan doing cannonballs into the pool. 
That's what we need, baby. We do. <laughs> we need that either the pre-market prep cruise or the Benzinga cruise because I know you guys out there would be joining up. But definitely, you guys do me the favor. If you guys want to check out some extensive short locates, definitely check out Trade Zero. Of course, you guys see uh, they sponsor us. They're partners with us. And if you guys want to get three months for free of their flagship software you guys can check it out i'll throw up the link right now let's go ahead and start wrapping up the day dennis anything you're going to be uh what's on your radar here as we get close um, to the bell multiple things obviously markets playing defense here today if you're looking consumer staples holding up well healthcare holding up well um i think the regional banks are going to be a sneaky trade here today keep an eye on wal if wal can hold the gains Stocks like FRC, which are not up much here, could actually have a decent day. So I think you've just got to, um, you know, just be prepared here that this, you know, isn't going to be an everything sell-off day here today. You're looking, oh, we're down, you know, 22 handles. It's going to be an ugly day. There's going to be separation. We're already seeing it. Utilities, markets playing defense to a certain extent. But sneaky trade here today, I think it's going to be the regional banks. Mm -hmm. KRE is holding up well. If WAL can hold up, don't be surprised. Stocks like Schwab. Stocks like some of these other ones actually catch a bit. The major is not so much. Morgan Stanley's having an awful day. But what I'm saying is the regional banks here could be a sneaky buy here off the open. Some of these are going to open down and because of what the market we have. But if WAL can hold up as much as it, as it is, you could actually see this. Um, you could see some of these regional banks turn around. We'll have to find out with these regional banks. Can they continue to lift? Of course, you guys keep up with all the action and you guys can keep up right here on Benzinga. I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping up. Like always, you guys can keep up with Dennis Dick, Triple D Trader on Twitter. Give him a follow and definitely give him some love. He will be out tomorrow. So we'll see you back in the hot chair on Friday, Dennis, yeah. or will you, be, will you be back on Friday? I, I'm hoping to be. Yeah. If okay. all goes well with the Andrew Graham, I'll be back hopefully hey, Friday. Hey. <laughs> well, we're, we're all, we're all hopefully, giving the best wishes good. at the hospital tomorrow on your yeah. mini vacation. Quote My unquote. mini vacation. This is the kind of vacation I get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll See wish you, you at least a, a nice, comfortable and safe time, Dennis. I hope Thank you get you. A, a quick little checkup and you'll be back with us on Friday. Dennis is out. We'll get you guys now over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't miss it, team. As Zunaid, Ryan, and I get after the market. I'm excited to get right back into the hot chair. You guys know I'm going to be out next week. So if anything, I'm ready to shoot forward. Keep after this market. Was able to have another good day yesterday. Going to keep battling. Still got some swing trades on. We'll talk a little bit about those. And one AI name? Hmm. Find out which AI name I have swing trading right now, but only if you come over to live trading, of course. Hit the like. We'll see you guys over there. We'll see you next time right here on Pre-Market Prep.